Uh, we're ending a series uh, called More Life Change, which is what we are all about. Here at MLC, we say that all the time, that we are about more life change. And, and the interesting thing about life changes is, as great as that is, and as impactful as, of course, life change is, I mean, it's life changing, is we don't always remember it. We have kind of short-term memories, right? We don't always remember all that God has done in our lives. And that's the case with not just spiritually speaking, and that's just the case with life. We forget a lot of things. Some of us more than others. I won't point you out, but you know who you are. Some of us just, we struggle to remember. And so we do things that, that make it more memorable. We, we try to do things where it's always in front of us, and we love to reminisce, and we love to remember, especially those memorable moments. So I want you to begin to think back. Not necessarily what God's done in your life. Obviously, that'd be part of it. But just personally speaking, some of those memorable moments in your life that you love reliving, you love going back and thinking through, you love to revisit and remember. I know one of mine, I'll share this with you, and this is probably news to, to probably every single one of you in here. I don't think I've ever shared this about my, my story and part of my past, uh, but in college, a lot of great memories, a lot of great memorable moments. One, though, that I don't share often is that I actually played, I played college football at the university where I went three out of the four years there. I was a walk-on, played wide receiver, and uh, that's usually the look that I get when I tell people that. <laughs> They're like... That doesn't add up. But no, it's true. It's true. Walked on, didn't play freshman year, but played uh, my, my sophomore, junior, and senior year for university and college football. And it was great. I mean, it's everything that you would think it was, that it would be. For every athlete, I mean, you just get pumped up and you, and you live for those moments and the camaraderie with your teammates. And I remember it was my senior year. I mean, it's everything you would have dreamed for, right? Your senior year, obviously I didn't go pro. I know that's a shocker for everybody. So I knew, I knew this was going to be my last game. This is going to be my last game, senior year, last game. It's like the championship for our division. And, man, everybody is just hoping for this win. Like, we, we need to go out on top. We've had a great season so far, but we need to end well. We need to end strong. And every athlete wants that moment. They want their moment. So I remember towards the end of the game, we're still down, and I remember saying, just give me the ball. Just give me the ball, right? That's what an athlete wants. Give me the ball. I'll make it happen. This is my moment. So sure enough, right, sure enough, I just say, it's going to just be long. We, we set up a route where I was just going to head all the way into the end zone. I said, you throw it, I'll catch it, I'll come down with it. So sure enough, we line up, we go, and I just, I just go as fast and as hard as I can, thinking, this is my moment, no one will stop me, right? You know that as an athlete, and you go, and he throws the ball, I reach up, grab it, come down with it, and walk in the end zone finishing up my senior year of college football. Oh, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Now, for that moment, to, I mean, for me, that'll be a memory I will never, ever forget. But for other people, I have to explain. I have to, like, prove that it actually happened. So that's why we have trophies, right? And sometimes we have rings. And so, for one, I've got one better for you. Let me, let me show you my memorable moment so for the Kentucky Christian University intramural flag football champions, I will never forget. Zoom in real good on that one. Yeah. I still wear this around the house. And Becky's like, that's, that's a Goodwill box type of a shirt. It's time. I said, no, I am a champion. I am a champion. Yes. You're like, now that story makes a little bit more sense. I get it. Yes, yes. My one moment of athletic, oh, there it is right there. But we do that. 
whether it's a t-shirt, trophy, like I said, we do things to remember. Photo albums are a great example. We have all these great family vacation memories and, and all these trips that we take, and we want to remember those. We spend a lot of money on them. We want to always remember them, so we do photo albums so that we will never forget. I remember my first time I ever went to Disney World. First time I ever went to Disney World. Greatest place on earth, of course, but this is what I really will never forget. Yes. I will never forget a neon yellow fanny pack that weighed twice as much as me. That's what I won't forget about my first time ever to Disney World. You know, those are the memories that we want to bring back. Those are the moments we never want to lose. We never want to forget. So in our spiritual lives, the life change that Jesus has done in each and every one of us, the journey that we're on, the story that he's writing in our lives, it's so easy to just forget about it, isn't it? It's easy to, to, to celebrate in the moment and then days later, weeks later, seasons and years later, it's, it's easy to forget what Jesus has done in our lives. We have very good short-term memories. The long-term memory, not so much. So what I want us to do is we're going to look at a story in Scripture that is going to help us with our memory. And in fact, God knows that about us, and so he sets some things up very intentionally, very specifically, so that we might never forget the life change that has happened in each and every one of our lives, to make it memorable, to make it memorable moments. If you have your Bible, head over to Joshua chapter 4. We'll spend most of our time right there. Joshua chapter 4, we'll put on the screen behind you here in a moment. But I need you to understand the context of what's happening here. What has happened is the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, so God sent Moses to rescue them, and now he led them out of Egypt right through the Red Sea, parting of the Red Sea. Most of us know that story. They've been wandering in the desert for how long? 40 years, they were wandering around the desert, and the whole point of the wandering for 40 years was so that entire generation was now gone, and it's now an entire new generation. It's the descendants of those that came out of Egypt. They are the only ones left. Moses has passed on leadership to now Joshua. Now God has told Joshua, it's your turn, it's your time, it's your time to, to lead these people into the promised land. There's one thing keeping them from the promised land, that was a big river called the Jordan River. God said, that's it. Right on the other side of that river, that's where you are going to stay. That is your new home. That is what we'll call the promised land. So all they had to do was get through, get across the Jordan River, and that's what we're going to read about here is the crossing of the Jordan River. Very similar to what happened at the Red Sea, but it's a group of individuals that did not see the parting of the Red Sea. Keep that in mind. This is the new generation. This is the next generation of Israelites that did not see the miracles in Egypt. After wandering for 40 years, it's now their turn, their life change moment, one of the many life change moments. And I want you to see not, not just the miracle of the parting of the Jordan River, but what God institutes, what God commands them to do so that they would never forget. Here we go. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, there were 12 tribes, so 12 individuals, 12 men, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you are staying tonight. So there's the scene. They're getting ready to cross the river. God is going to part the Jordan River as soon as they begin to walk through it, and God tells Joshua, now, now, when you're crossing on dry ground, when you're crossing the river, choose 12 men to pick up what? What was the object that he told them to grab? Stones. 12 stones, one for every tribe. And notice it says, pick them up from the middle of the Jordan, right there in the middle. 
not from either one of the banks of it, not on your trip or journey. It was in the middle of the Jordan River. I want you to grab these stones, carry them over, and this is important, we're going to hit it later. Put them down at the place where you stay tonight, basically where you set up camp, where your home will be, at least for the time being. Verse 4, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from every tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into, here it is again, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. Here's why. To serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. He said, I've got 12 men, and God says to, in the middle of the Jordan River, where this thing is parted, they're going to walk across it on dry land, just like the Red Sea. First time for this generation, though, he says, I'm going to have you pick up 12 stones from the middle, and you're going to carry them to where you stay tonight. It has to be memorable. And it wouldn't have just been a, hey, pick up one of these stones on your way. Did you catch what it said here? It said, you pick up stone and place it on his shoulder. This was not a pebble that, that God commanded them to get. It was a big stone in the middle of the river. So I figured I'll make this a little bit more memorable for you. You know, you know that I'm now an athlete and a, uh, a college football player. So what's carrying a big stone around stage, right? Now here's the interesting thing. To me at least, the most interesting thing here is they're walking across the river on dry ground. This is a miracle of God. That's not something you see every day. Yet God said, that's not enough to make it memorable. I mean, don't miss that. Here, this entire generation of Israelites are crossing the river. God has parted the river. And he says, but I think you're going to forget about that. See, so often we think the miracle is enough. God, if you, just, if you just do the miracle in my life, you just do that crazy thing that only could be explained by you, I'll never lose faith. I'll never lose hope. I'll always believe. I'll never doubt. I'll never have fear. But we do, don't we? Even with the miracles in our life, it's not always enough. So God says, you need to do something. Place something. He's commanding them. Do something to make that miracle more memorable. So that's what he does. He tells these 12 men, go in the middle of the Jordan River. There it is. And pick up the stone. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've already had to do this at one other service. So Now, I would imagine that this rock is a lot bigger than the one they talk about in Scripture, but it helps get the point across. And so that's what they did. They, they went to the middle of the river. They picked up these stones, and they had to carry them. Now, this was important. I told you to remember. Where did they have to carry these massive rocks, these stones on their shoulders? To where? Do you remember? Yes, where they were going to stay, where their campsite was. Would you like to know how far away it was from the river? Thank you for answering yes. I'm glad you asked. That's a good question. It was about three miles away, three plus miles away. So I just saw that. You're like, no big deal. Yeah, you come up here and carry this thing for three miles. He says, three miles, they have to carry these things. Now, here's the interesting thing, is by the time they get to where they're finally needing to go, there's going to be the universal sign of relief. Woo! One of those, right? I guarantee those 12 men that had to carry those stones on their shoulders from the middle of the river to their campsite about three miles away, I promise they won't forget that. I won't forget this. I will feel this tomorrow, I promise. We don't forget things like that, do we? 
No, the memorable moments we don't forget. We almost can't forget, but not just for those 12. Imagine the entire generation, the entire Israelite people watching these 12 carry these stones. And then when they get to their campsite to lay the stones down and then to watch Joshua, their leader, begin to stack these 12 stones up and to form a monument or a memorial is what scripture says. Here's the reason why. Remember what it says? We see it several times. Verse 6, to serve as a sign among you. It says here at the very end of verse 7, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Monuments, memorials, signs, things that we see, things that we develop. We don't worship them, but they remind us of the one we do worship. It says these are signs and symbols so that you would never forget. If left up to ourselves, we forget. We have to continually remember those incredible moments of life change, whether it's piling up a stack of rocks so that we never forget. We have to make memorable moments in those miracles, in those moments of life change, or else we will naturally and just regularly forget. It has to be in front. So here's what I want us to do. If you want to take notes or write these down or take some pictures of what we, we put up on the screen, these are, are, are our stones, so to speak. These are what we can do to begin to remember so that we never forget. Things to place, systems, if you think in that way. These are, are the, the reminders of our spiritual walk so that we will constantly remember and never forget what God has done and what he'll continue to do. So here's the first thing to not forget. Don't forget to be thankful. Don't forget to be thankful. There's a great quote says this, gratitude doesn't change the scenery. It merely washes clean the glass you look through so you can clearly see the colors. That's exactly what gratitude does. That's exactly what being thankful does. It doesn't change the scenery. It doesn't change the environment. It doesn't change the situation or circumstance. It changes your perspective. It changes what you see and how you see. See, so often we blow through life, right? We live a very fast-paced life. Life. That's not necessarily a bad thing. We just move quickly. And I would imagine even for the Israelites, they walk through this parted river, and I would imagine the next thing is, man, that was really cool. What's next? Right? That's what we do. We get through a moment, and man, that was awesome, and we celebrate, and we high-five, and they're like, okay, what's next? We're ready. We're wired to keep moving to whatever that next thing is. And so often, we neglect the past, the good past. We don't stop or pause long enough to actually remember what God has already done. See, in order to be thankful, in order to, to have gratitude and to show gratitude, it requires you to hit the pause button. You cannot be thankful for what has happened in your life if you're just 100 miles an hour the other direction. It requires us to stop just long enough to look in the, ba- look in the past and say, wow, look, look at what God's done in my life. And to recognize the people that God put in your life. And to recognize the miracle of what God was doing. We say the three parts of our story. I was, then God, now I am. It's the moment where we look back and say, wow, look at where I was. And God, I'm so thankful you brought me to this place. Thankfulness and gratitude requires us to stop long enough to remember and look back. The more you take time to be thankful and to show gratitude and to recognize what you have to be grateful for, the better off your memory will be for what God has done in your past. Psalms 107 says basically the exact same thing. It's very blunt. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Verse two says, let the redeemed, that's us, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. 
those he redeemed from the land of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, north and south. In other words, everybody, if you keep reading through Psalm 107, it's going to say the same thing in different ways. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. All the redeemed have a story to tell. Let's pause long enough, stop long enough so we can look, past, look in our past and say, wow, God, thank you for what you have done. If you want to have a better long-term memory, if you want to remember those memorable moments of life change, have moments in your life set aside to do nothing but just be thankful. Whatever that looks like, whatever regularity that is for you, it has to be set or we will begin to forget. So, don't forget to be thankful. The next one is don't forget the presence and the power of God. Don't forget the power and the presence of, the, of God. Now, here's why this is really important. The story that we're reading here of the 12 stones and them walking in across dry ground on, on the Jordan River is chapter 4 out of Joshua. Now, if you were to, in my Bible, go literally over one page to the end of chapter 5, barely a chapter over, that's the story of Joshua and Jericho. Now, if you know the story of Jericho, it's a big fortified city that the Israelites were afraid of. So here's what happened. They walked through the Jordan River on dry ground. They, say God, they saw God do a miracle, a life-changed moment. And in the very next step, they're like, I don't think God can do that. <laughs> I don't think God can, can save us from that city. I think God can deliver us from that. You talk about a short-term memory. To see God part a river and to walk through it on dry ground. And then once you get to where you're camping, you're like, oh man, I don't think God can help us here. <laughs> but we do that, don't we? We see what God has done in our past. And as soon as we end up at the next battle, the next hill, we're like, oh man, God, I don't think you're with me anymore. God, I know, I know you took care of that, but this is, this is totally different. I don't think you can do that. See, God wanted to make sure that they remembered his presence and remembered his power so that when they came up against their next problem, they would remember what God has already done in their past, that they would remember his faithfulness, his presence, and his power. If you go back and even look at the middle of chapter 3, as God is preparing Joshua, and then therefore Joshua is preparing his country, his nation, nation of Israel, to cross over the Jordan River, here's what he says. He said, this is how you will know that the living God is among you. He's saying, what I'm about to do is going to be incredible. And the reason for that is twofold. One of the reasons is so that you know I will always be with you. This is how you know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, and all the other ites of the land. So just because they were crossing into the promised land didn't mean that there wasn't anybody else there. So God said, I'm going to show you something now. I'm going to show you my presence and my power now. So then when you get to your next problem and your next battle, you'll know that I'm still there and I still can. Even at the very end of chapter 4, verse 24, it says, He did this, God did this, so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Say powerful. 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 That the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. He says, what I'm doing, yes, is a miracle and it's a life-changing moment, but it's not just for here and now, it's for the future too. We remember the presence and the power of God so that when we're faced up against our next problem, and there will always be a next problem, life change happens, we have life change moments, and then life continues to happen, doesn't it? So the next time life hits, we remember what God's already done. We remember his presence, we remember his power, and that gives us the confidence and the hope and the faith that we need every single moment. So we have to remember not just the thankfulness, don't forget to be thankful, don't forget his power and his presence. It's why he made them remember. It's why he gave them something memorable 
so that they would not forget, but specifically in the future, they would not forget. It's one of the reasons, not the reason, but one of the reasons we gather every single week. It's not just so you get to hear me, it's so we get to hear this. And you need to know this, if you've not caught on to this yet, every single week that I preach, it's always out of here. Like there's nothing new, ever. It's the same stories I tell over. I have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> I don't have to come up with anything new. It's all right here. And I just tell you what it says and say, now you go look at it. The reason for that is so that we remember what he has done. Because we forget during the week, don't we? Oh, God, it was, it was a rough week. God, I don't think you, you, you know what's going on in my life. And I don't think I'm going to get through this. And he's like, you've read part of this. right? You at least listen on Sundays, right? I parted the sea. <laughs> And the river. And, I mean, it's just like I can just picture God doing, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And, and what don't you think I can do now? <laughs> That's why we do this. So we remember this. His power and his presence have been and always will be with us and for us. May we never forget his power as well as his presence. But we know we do. God knew in the same breath that the Israelites said, wow, God, that was awesome, thank you. Oh no, God, how can we? <laughs> Jericho's the next chapter over. He knew it, and he knew what they needed. They needed to have some kind of a memorial or a monument, even if it was something as silly as 12 stones from the middle of the river that they said, oh yeah, that, that's our God. That's our God that can do incredible miracles. That's our God that, that changes our lives. Next one is don't forget to remind others. That's really the, the main point as we read through why God had these 12 men carry these large stones on their shoulders for a couple, two to three miles. It's so that when other people ask them about it. If you see it here, it says that so that when, in the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Which is a very good question. If you see 12 large stones just laying around in the middle of the desert, like, so those didn't get there on their own. Why in the world? Was this a game? What was the deal? He said, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you the story. It says, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. Tell them the story. We see it again. It says the exact same thing. Joshua is reminding them to remind their descendants. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, this next generation, what do these stones mean? Tell them this. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. See, these, the monument that they had of the 12 stones was not just for them personally to remember what God had done, but it was for the people that did not experience that. It's for the people that weren't there. It's the people that had forgotten to say, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you the story. See, the monuments that we put in our life, those milestones, if you will, we put those in our lives not just so that we remember, but so that other people begin to ask, what is that all about? And for us today, we don't have stacks of stones anywhere. What we do is we have our own lives. We talked about that last week, kind of being the salt of the earth, the light of the world, that whole thing. That's the exact same concept here. Live in such a way that your life is a monument that points people to Jesus. Live in such a way that, that your life, people say, that's different, maybe even a little weird. What's going on? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what God did in my life. Let me tell you how my life changed because of meeting Jesus. We get to tell them their story, and that's not some long, drawn-out sermon of a story. It's, it was one sentence of what Joshua told the Israelites to say. Tell them the Israelites walked across the Jordan River on dry ground. That's what God did. What has God done in your life? Remember that I was, then God, now I am. Don't forget to tell other people. Don't forget to be a monument, to live in a life where it points other people to Jesus. And when they ask, tell them the memorable moments. 
Tell them the, the great story of how you met Jesus and, and what he's done in your family's life and your life and how your life has never been the same. I mean, that, that's what these are for, for us to remember, but also for us to have an opportunity to tell others, to constantly be telling our story. But we have to live in such a way where it's worth asking about. May we continue to do just that. Here's the last one, last one. Don't forget to set a reminder. Don't forget to set a reminder. If you have a big meeting early in the morning the next day, especially if you're not a morning person like me, you set more than one alarm, don't you? I do. Sometimes it's 14 around the house that you have to go and find so that you get up, right? You set one alarm and you know you're going to hit the snooze, so you set another one on the other side. And I asked Becky, my wife, hey, will you set a couple just in case so then you can kick me out of bed when I need to actually get up? Right? We set alarms so that we never forget. And they have to be something visible. They have to be something in front of us. They have to always be on the front of our minds. They can't just be in the backdrop in the background or else we're never going to pay attention to them. That's the point of setting a reminder. So we have to do these things. We talked about a few earlier. That's why we do photo albums, for example, and, and things that we place around our house. If you were to walk into my house in the entryway, there's a little jar, a little mason jar about that big that sits just on a shelf in the entry room when you walk into our house. And to anybody else, it, it, it has no meaning. It's like, why is there a jar with a bunch of like screws, nuts, and bolts, and nails in your, your room? That, that's kind of strange. And it doesn't match any of the decor. It's not a, a piece of art, I promise. But it's a constant reminder because when my grandfather passed away, what I remember of my grandfather the most was, was his work ethic and how he worked for his family and his faith. So in his garage was this, I've never seen a bigger workbench ever. So when he passed away, one of the things that I had the opportunity to do was grab this little mason jar and go and take some of the nuts and bolts and nails and screws from his workbench and hang on to that and screwed it up and, and it sits in the front of our, of our house. So every time I see it, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember Papa. My kids never got to meet my Papa. So there has been times where, Dad, why do you have nails in the house? I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you about Papa. You never got to meet him, but he was a great man. So we do things like that, don't we? We place things in our lives to do one thing to serve as a reminder. God told the Israelites, build this monument of 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River to be just that, a sign, a symbol, a memorial, and a monument to the life change that I've caused. If, you've, if you're familiar with our Celebrate Recovery program that meets on Tuesday nights, in fact, Celebrate Recovery will start meeting here on the Dawson campus, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. And if you're familiar with any 12-step program or Celebrate Recovery, uh, you have these milestone moments, and CR uses chips to help, to help those along the way. So if you show up to CR and, and you say, man, I've got a hurt, a habit, and a hang-up, then the first time there, you get the blue chip, the grace chip. And then after 30 days of being clean, then you get your 30-day chip. Then you get your 60-day chip, get your five-month chip, your six-month seven months, and it goes on and on and on, a five-year chip, it keeps going. And why are these so important if you're part of CR? It's important because it's a constant reminder of not just where you were, but where God has brought you. That story of I was, then God, now I am, those are big deals. So I, I don't know what it is for you, but you need to have something in your life that are that acts as a constant reminder to what God has done in your life. So here's, here's the way I'm gonna try to help with this. Um, I've, got, I've got a bunch of these rocks this size right out in the parking lot. And I figured if you carried them home today, skip lunch, it's gonna take you all day. If you carry this home, it'll be pretty memorable, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, then none of you would come back next week. So, um, so we're going to make it a little bit easier for you. Uh, when you walk out, you probably saw them. There are just a bunch of stones like this. A lot easier to carry, I know. But I pray it's still just as memorable. So what I would encourage you to do is after service, head out to the lobby. You'll see the table, a bunch of these stones. Let this be a reminder of the life change that God has already done. Remembering his, his, his presence and his power. Remembering to take time to be thankful Remembering the story that we have to tell others and just remembering not to forget. These are our reminders. There's markers out there if you want to write something on it. One of the, the, the rocks, I mean, and you could have hundreds of these in your life, obviously, that each represent and, and remind you of something different. Maybe you put a date on it. Maybe you put a name on it. Maybe it's part of your story of I was, fill in the blank, then God, now I am, and where he is today. Maybe you don't write on it, but I don't know what you need to write on. One of the things that I wrote on, on mine was September 7, 2014. That was the first ever day we had church as MLC Dawson over in the movie theater. And that day, it wasn't just, hey, wow, we, we started a church. It was, it was remembering everything that God had done leading up to that day. It was the move from California to Georgia. It was the, the developing what we call family here in Georgia since we don't have any family here. It was seeing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and, and be able to do something that truly could not be pointed at one or even a handful of people. It was truly God doing something that only he could do. Right? We, we could write all sorts of things on this, but the point is that it becomes a memorable thing for you, a way for you to constantly be reminded of the life change that God has done in your life through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. May we never forget. God loves to remind us. He knows our tendencies towards a short-term memory. So throughout scripture, you see this. He commands us to remember. He does things so that we would remember. The rainbow, so that we would remember. The cross, so that we would remember baptism we celebrated baptisms earlier today so that we would remember that moment that i went from an old life to a new life scripture calls us born again christians there's another another symbol that that jesus gave us towards the end of his life here on earth with the whole purpose of remembering he said i want you to remember so that we never forget that's why we take communion in fact, that's what we're going to do here in just a moment. When you came in this morning, you should have grabbed some communion cups that look just like this. If you didn't get one, no worries. We've got uh, some guest service volunteers. If you'll just kind of raise your hand like this, they'll start passing them out. Be patient with them. I'll keep talking. You can listen to me while she passes these out, but make sure you get one of these. The whole purpose of communion is it's not a religious ritual that we do. It's not a tradition within the church. I mean, it is those things, but it's intent, the heart of it, is so much more, it's to simply remember. That's what scripture tells us, in fact. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, Apostle Paul was writing to early churches and saying, here's some things you need to be doing. One of them is communion, so that we remember. Verse 23 says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, here's our theme of thanks and gratitude again, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That word there, proclaim, every time you do this, we do this in remembrance of Jesus and his sacrifice, but also his resurrection. We are remembering that he has defeated both sin and death. 
that because of his sacrifice and because of his resurrection, we now have not just hope, but we have life. Life in this life and life in the next. But that word, he says, every time you do this, you proclaim. That's a very active word. That's not a passive word where, well, this is just between me and God. Yeah, part of it is. But it's also something we're intended to do as a group, as a gathering, as a large group of believers saying, yeah, we proclaim who Jesus is. We proclaim what he's done in our lives. We proclaim that together. These monuments that Joshua was told to set up were not just for the household. They were for the entire nation to see, for the entire next generation to ask about. Communion is, in some ways, like that for us. For us to proclaim loudly through our actions who Jesus is and what he's done. What he's done for the world, but don't miss what he's done for you. So in just a moment, we're going to pray, and then we'll take communion so that we can continue to remember. This is one of the many reminders we should have, have put in place. May your rock be a reminder. May communion be a reminder. May our gathering every week be a reminder. A reminder of what he has done. Memorable moments of the life change moments because of Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this moment here. And I pray it's very memorable. Memorable because life goes quick. We get busy, we move fast. Life goes by very, very quickly. But may it not go so quickly right here and right now. May, may time almost hit pause just for a few moments where we can think back and thank you for what you've done. That we can thank you for the cross, that we can thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for your sacrifice and your promise of new life. That we can thank you for saving us when we were not worthy of being saved. Thank you for not just doing it one time, but time and time again of constantly changing our lives. Help us to be reminded daily, moment by moment, of the life change. And not just for that moment, but God, help us to remember those life change memorable moments as we move forward. So the next time we run into a problem, next time we bump up against to the big mountain and a big hill, we look back at what you've already done. You are faithful, and you are with us, and you love us, and you take care of us. We thank you and we remember you. In Jesus' name, amen.